What up, y'all? It's your boy, Ed Lover. This is Come On, Side the podcast. Listen, man, I got a lot of things on my mind today. So if you listen to this podcast, my brain may be all over the place. But first, I want to give a big shout out to my sponsors, CigarsInternational.com. Go to CigarInternational.com. It's a holiday season. So go to CigarInternational.com for all your cigar needs and make sure you use Ed10OFF. That's E-D-1-0-O-F-F for 10% off on your checkout. And locally, it's brought to you by Nissan South in Morrow, Georgia, 6889 Jonesboro Road. I do this podcast from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and Nissan has been absolutely wonderful to me since I got here, loyal to me, man. I mean, when I first got here, my cars were still in New Jersey, man, and I was looking for someone to rent a car for, and I went to one of the uh, people at at um, Radio One here in Atlanta, uh, Brenda, and I asked Brenda, did she know anybody, one of the salespeople, and she got me in contact with Nissan South and Morrow and Chris White, gave me a truck, I drove that truck, he didn't charge me anything for it, he made sure that he was able to do business with me as long as I was on that radio, he went up there and demanded that they allow him to do business with Moni and I, even when we was looking at some walls and, oh, you guys are syndicated, you can't do local. Chris fought for us, man, and he made sure that he was able to do business with us on a local level. And I've been rocking with Nissan South and Morrow for two years now. 6889 Jonesboro Road. Stand up people. They treat you just like absolute family, man. So I just want to say thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart to Nissan South and Morrow from riding with me, man, for the last two years. No matter what happens, I'll always be ingratiated to you guys and always have nothing but love for everyone over there at Nissan South and Morrow. And if you need a car, you're in the Georgia area, man, 6889 Jonesboro Road. That's what it is. Okay, so let's get this come on, son, the podcast going. Because like I told you, I'm going to be all over the place today. So just stay with me because my mind... Is really all over the place. I want to send a big shout out. Big, big shout out to Combat Jack. He's going through cancer treatments right now, fighting cancer. And oh my God, man, if it wasn't for Combat Jack, I wouldn't even have a podcast at all. At all. So my heart and soul and prayers are with this man for a speedy recovery. One of the best podcasts I've ever heard. One of the best podcasters. I can only hope to be as good as Combat Jack someday. And if it wasn't for Combat Jack interviewing me on his podcast, The Combat Jack Show, I would have never had my own podcast. And it's on the Live Speakers Network. So he's absolutely responsible for me podcasting right now if it wasn't for Combat Jack. So I wish you a speedy recovery, brother. I pray for you. Every day, every morning I wake up and every night before I lay my head down, I thank God for my life and I hope God gives you the speediest 
of recoveries, man. I had to say that because that's on my heart and that's on my soul, man. We, we have so many people sometime in our lives and we don't even understand how short life really is. I know people say that all the time. Life is short. But do we really, really pay attention to how short life is? Or do we just say that in passing because we think we're going to live forever? And it's true. You got to tell people you love them, man, while they're here. You got to give people their flowers while they're here and not wait till after they've passed away to recognize how great they are and how much you care for them and how much you love them and how much they've done for you. We can't wait till people pass away. We got to tell them right now because the truest thing ever is tomorrow's not promised. It doesn't matter how old you are. Tomorrow's not promised. You better get right with God now because tomorrow is definitely not promised to any of us. I just, man, I just lost like three people that I know. Rest in peace to my man Eddie Shaw. Rest in peace to my man Ming. Rest in peace to my man JP. All dudes not even in like, just hardly even in their 50s or maybe a little older, gone. Left families and children. Stand-up dudes and fathers and stuff like that, just just gone, man. Gone. 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 It's sad. It's so sad, but we got to tell everybody we love them right now and stop playing around with it because God is the only power that knows when it's your time to go. When it's your time to go, you gone. There's an expiration date on everything, including your life. That's something that we live with every day. We know we're going to die one day. We just don't know when. I don't want to know when. Would that make it easier? Oh, God, life would be hard if you knew the day you were going to die. Ooh. Now, we'd be scared all the time, right? So I wouldn't want to know that. So I just wanted to say those things, man, to y'all, if you're listening to this podcast this week, because that was on my heart, and I wanted to say that. And something else that's on my heart that I want to talk about quickly, how people can make you bitter. Sometimes there's certain things that's understood that you want to do in your life and you you can't do because it's fucked up. But sometimes you want to do something, but you can't because for whatever, a number of reasons. There's a lot of people out there that work their whole life Right. And they work at a job for a long fucking time and they dedicate their life to their job, to earning their paycheck, for doing the best job they can do, for helping the company increase its revenue. And then a bunch of shareholders get scared because they've been profiting for 20, 25 years straight. And this year looks a little down and looks like they're not going to profit. But in order for them to profit, mind you, they've been profiting for 25 years straight. So in order for them to profit, they have to trim some of the fat. So they lay off a bunch of people. Lay off. And in essence, fire them. Just so they can make their profit. So they can keep making sure that them as shareholders make money. Mind you, they've been making money every year, a profit for 25 years. So maybe one or two down years shouldn't really affect them like that right now. But it's about them and fuck you. They lay you off. 20, 22 years, 25 years you've been working there. You can't understand why a motherfucker could be so aggravated that they do what they call go postal on a motherfucker. Do you understand? I understand. It's not right. 
to go up in there and shoot every damn body. Probably the person that you walk up into wherever job you work at and shoot them probably ain't got nothing to do with you being fired except following orders that the higher-ups give them to trim down certain people and you just happen to be one of them people that they got rid of. But it's fucked up. It's fucked up. You know why? Because that same person probably smiled in your face and laughed with you and joked with you and did everything with you for 25 years knowing that they was going to get rid of you. I'm not saying they knew 25 years ago, but I'm saying at some point they knew this shit was going to happen. And so uh, absolutely, you get mad at them. But even if you don't go postal, and I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form on this podcast that anybody get a gun and do nothing dumb, like take it out on people and I ain't have nothing to fucking do with it. Right? Even if, and I suggest that you don't. Because you could be ruining innocent lives and then ruining your own life in the process. Even if you don't, it makes you fucking bitter. It makes you angry. Why people can't just say what they mean? I am a straight shooting guy. If you ask me to do something and I can't do it, I'm going to tell you no. If you ask me to do something for free, nine times out of ten, I'm going to tell you no. If you ask me to do something as a favor, host this as a favor, do that as a favor. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to tell you no. You know why? Because when it comes time to return that favor, people fucking forget. I don't like when people are not stand-up people. I don't, I don't like it. It makes me angry, and it really makes me bitter. And it makes a lot of other people bitter, too, to the point where I just don't want to fuck with you anymore. Like... Don't do that shit. Why you just can't, why people just can't find, even if you find, you ain't got to be disrespectful and telling somebody that, you know, you can't fuck with them, but you shouldn't be leading somebody on. You shouldn't be trying to throw somebody a bone when you know that's not what the fuck they really want in their life. Just say it. If you, you could say it, say, hey man, this is not the direction I want to go in right now, but I appreciate you. But don't, don't leave fucking people hanging on a string. Give you a classic example of this, okay? A couple of people that I thought I was really cool with in the industry. I was supposed to do some business with them. They, when they needed me, I was always there for them, right? Always there. When you called me, I was there. When you invited me to your multi-million dollar home and my wife and all of us to your wedding, I was there. And I was very thankful because I thought that you were a friend. Soon as I lost my job at Power 105, I didn't lose my job. I was let go of Power 105, okay, in New York. That's where the Breakfast Club is right now. They let me go, okay? They decided they wanted to go younger, so they let me go. All right, they gave me a severance package. I got out of there. I didn't get fired because I was my ratings weren't good. They wanted to go in a different direction. That's another story all the way, and it kind of deals with this a little while because I was very dedicated to them, and I felt like they disrespected me on my way out the door. I just felt that way, okay? But as soon as I got let go of Power 1051, I call you, now I'm getting your assistant and you're not calling me back. You've never called me and got my assistant and I had one. You always had my direct number. But you're a front-ass fuck boy, so that's the way you started acting now after I'm not in a position on the radio anymore to do things for you. That makes me bitter towards other people. And now I don't want to develop any kind of friendships with anybody in the business because I think you're all full of shit. Another classic example, very prominent producer, 
manager of a very famous star and I were doing some business together because they had an epiphany and they had a studio and they wanted to do something with me through my Come On Son brand. Instead of just being real with me and telling me after they flew me out and put me up in a hotel and showed me their studios and all of that, this a few years ago, instead of just telling me that they don't want to, they decided they don't want to do it anymore, they got me calling them and calling them and calling them and calling them and calling them, right? Then, oh, my number switched. Yo, here's the new number. Then I call that number and you just don't return my calls to the point where I get tired of calling you and I just let it be. But then when you see me out at an industry function, you want to shake my hand and I'm looking at you like, fuck out my face. That makes me bitter towards people. As a man, you could say, I don't want to do this or this is not. Mon- I don't feel like now this is going to be beneficial to us. So and I decided I don't want to do it. You understand? You ain't got to fucking lead people on. That's that fucking shady shit. And then you wonder why people are bitter towards you. Or you wonder why you extend your hand when you see them a couple of years later. They're shaking. They slap your fucking hand. They tell you to get the fuck out their face. Because of your shady ass. Your shady shit. Don't be, don't be shady. Be real with people. Say what you mean and mean what you say. If you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it. But don't lead somebody on. Have them calling you looking like boo-boo the fool. A lot of times I'm on social media, people send me their music. I'll tell them, what am I going to do with this? I'm not an A&R person. Well, you know people. Yeah, I know people, but you want me to shop your music for you with no benefit to me. That's not the way the world works. What are you going to give me? You're going to give me 50% of your publishing? You're going to pay me to run around to all of these other places? And first of all, that's not even how the music industry works anymore. You got to have a dumbass buzz to even get a deal nowadays. That's why they put all of them shows on on television. Because when them people come off of these shows, American Idol, The Voice, The Four with Puff and, and Khaled and all of them, when they come off these shows, they already got a buzz. So it's easier. Millions of people watching this show. So it's easier to figure the percentages out that you might be able to move some units or people might be able to stream down these people's music. Cardi B, classic example, very proud of what Cardi B has done in her music career. She grinded. She was 100% transparent. She wasn't a made-up doll every time you saw her on Instagram. She said what she felt. On Instagram, held nothing back, had the number one record in the country. First female rap artist since Lauren Hill to have the number one record in the country. Because of that, everybody tried to pit her against Nicki Minaj. There's, more, there's room for more than one woman in hip-hop. Okay? Rhapsody, known about her for a long time, Grammy nominated this year. Very happy for her. Put her grind in, didn't feel like she had to show her pussy or nothing. Just a dope MC. Kendrick Lamar saw that, put her on his album. The only one. She was the only feature on Kendrick's album, okay? But these are women that did it their way, and whichever way they did it is how they did it, and God blessed them, but they was they self to get it done. That's my point. They were who they are to get it done. They grinded, it worked. People don't want to grind no more, so you send me your music, think I ain't got nothing else to do in my life, but listen to your music. If I like it, I'm going to run around with your music, with no benefit to me whatsoever. How am I supposed to pay my bills? Then you blow up, 
You make money, because this has happened to me before too, and when you start telling your life story about how you got on, my name ain't mentioned at all. So you know what? Fuck out of here. Now I'm better. I ain't helping no fucking body. If I don't sign you to my production company, I'm not fucking helping. I'll tell you whether or not I like it, but to go around, oh, you know this one, you know that one. Nah, bro, I really, I really don't. I really don't, because it's really all about business. It's personal relationships that people think they got in this business is bullshit. Bullshit. You never know who don't like you for what fucking odd reason. Right? Or don't want to do business with you for what fucking odd reasons. And will string you along if you allow them to. That's why people get bitter off this stupid ass shit. And bitter in life too. You know that. You go out your way to help somebody. You loan somebody money. They in the dire straits. Man, fucked up. You loan them a couple of thousand dollars. You, you, motherfuckers quickly forget but when they talk to you, I'm going to give you that back. Time goes by, you'll be just like me. Fuck it, man. Fuck it. What happens after that? Next person come along, I ain't giving them shit. And I can't blame you. And the next person that come along might really have it in their heart to give you your money back. But you ain't going to get bit twice. Right? So you become a bitter motherfucker. Because of what the other fuck toy done did to you. The other asshole done did to you. The other bitch done did to you. Your fucking cousin. Right? Car had mad tickets on it. Mad tickets, y'all. Super. An extraordinary number of tickets. For all those who don't know what mad is. Mad is a lot. So she needs $750. She got $250 of it. Being your favorite cousin... Y'all hang out all the time. She look out for you whenever a little bit. You want to go out. She ain't doing nothing. She watch the kids for you. Your good cousin. Strum up that 500 that you really don't have to give. You really need that back. To pay one of your bills, you give it to her. You tell her, you need this back. By the end of the month, I can push this bill back. As long as you get this back to me, we good. What happens at the end of the month? You don't get your money back. So now you asking her about the money. She want to come and get you. I got $75 now. I didn't give it to you. I didn't piece you off when I gave it to you. I gave it to you a whole 500, a whole ass, as some people like to say, a whole ass $500. Now you're trying to give me 75 now and then this later on and then that later on. That's not how I gave it to you when I helped you. I needed to pay that bill I told you about. Well, I ain't got it. When you were the, when you wanted to go out, who was watching your kids for you? What does that got to do with my five hundred dollars? Little thirst break, y'all. What it, what does it do? Makes you better. Makes you not want to deal with people at all. Makes you not want to loan anybody any money. Even a person that can give it right back to you, will give it back to you, don't have a problem giving it back to you. You don't want to loan 500, you don't want to loan 100, you don't want to loan 50, you don't want to loan 20, you don't want to loan 10, you don't want to loan five. Because of what somebody else has done. Instead of playing straight up, 
They ask to borrow instead of, instead of saying, can I have? Borrow sounds easier. Borrowing sounds like I'm going to give it back. And they know they're not going to give it back. My father used to say, when you loan somebody money, nine times out of ten, if they don't give it back to you, look at it as how much it costs you to get rid of them. It is what it is. Stop fucking playing with people. It makes people bitter and angry. You don't want, you don't want that on your soul. You don't, you don't want to walk around like that, skeptical of everybody that comes into your realm. Time is something you can't get back. Waste my time. Bullshit-ass meetings. Oh, I want you to jump on board and do this and help me find people that want to do this, that, and the third. I had a car dealership, and he had one. I'm trying to expand it because Nissan just bought this brand. Mitsubishi was bought out by Nissan. So that means... Mitsubishi is going to be under the wing of Nissan. It's true. It happened. So, I mean, they're going to start rolling out the quality again, and Mitsubishi is going to take a step up as a brand to back to where they used to be. Mitsubishi used to be the shit back in the days. Galants. Ah. Mitsubishi Monteros. Shit was hot. Took a dive. Nissan bought him. He got a dealership. He want to raise money, $250,000, jump in, buy about three more dealerships, right? Cool. List me to do the thing. So I tell him, look, man, if I'm going to do this, you got to pay me. You got to pick up my expenses. And I need that used Rolls Royce that you got on the lot. Because if I'm going to walk around asking people for $250,000, don't I got to look like I got $250,000? If I'm going to convince people to jump in, right, don't I have to, don't, isn't it more comfortable for them if they feel like, Ed, you're already in, right? All of these meetings back and forth, all of this, I don't hear from the nigga. All this back and forth. I'm seeing the paperwork, sent paperwork over, thank God I didn't sign it. All of this shit, next time I saw this dude, ah, Ed, man, I know I haven't called you, man, blah, 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 blah. Man, I was losing my shirt in that dealership. I sold it. Huh? So you wanted me to bring people in and fuck my reputation up when you sold your stake in the dealership? Fucking asshole. But I got something else, some health care. Nah, man. Go fuck yourself. I'm not interested. Don't fucking stick. When you see me, don't even say nothing. You're wasting my time. I can't get that time back. And in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't do no fucking business with you because you bailed out. And how would everybody have turned around and looked at me? I'd have been fucked up. That's why I don't like fucking dealing with people sometimes. You see how that shit makes me bitter? Because you say one thing in my face and then do something else behind my back. That shit make you bitter as fuck, y'all. And I don't want to be that person. And I know y'all don't want to be that, that person, but people make you that shit. People just make you angry and bitter for their fucking bullshit. I told you I was going to be all over the place today. I told you I'm going to be all over the place today. And it hurts and it eats people up inside. And, it's, and it's, that's, a, that's a bad feeling to have that you don't feel like you can trust anybody. That's a bad, bad feeling to have. Because you've been bitten so many times. 
So now I understand it from a male perspective, what a boiling bitterness in your gut feels like. And a lot of y'all out there probably can relate to what I'm talking about. A lot of you can relate. So when you see something happen on the news, and these women are stepping forward, and they're talking about being sexually assaulted and sexually molested or sexually harassed or even raped by the likes of Harvey Weinstein and many others like Kevin Spacey, Matt Law, threw Russell Simmons in there, Bill Cosby, and a host of others, probably too many to name. And you brush it off. Imagine that powerless feeling that you would have if it happened to you. Imagine that feeling, that gut that I was just telling you about, that bitterness that as a woman they have to carry around. Having problems in their relationships with love because somebody assaulted them or took advantage of them. I was talking to my mother the other day and we happened to be talking about my grandmother. My grandmother, my mother's mother, I never had an opportunity to see because she died when my mom was young. And my mom had a picture of her, couldn't find it. Nobody has a picture of my grandmother on my mother's side. And my mother was telling me a story about how a neighbor was trying to molest her when she was four or five years old. And my mother busted in and beating him in the head with the broom. She'll never forget this as long as she lives. My mother's 79 years old. That still stays with her. That still stayed, and she saw somebody that knew the man and asked whatever happened to him because he had moved away after that to Washington, D.C., and they told him that the man had died. She's 79, and that stayed with her. He wasn't in a position of power over her life. He's like a neighbor. He wasn't even a, a, somebody at her job that, her, that she had to directly report to or who could say, I don't like her, so she gets fired like in a lot of these situations. She wasn't going for a role in a movie that could change her entire life. If the mogul just says you, you're next, she could become that next big movie star. Or if he says she ain't shit to every other studio, she doesn't get hired. This is my mom. Happened when she was four or five and she remembers it clearly and she's 79 right now. So imagine what those other women feel, and you won't just brush it off, this angst and guilt and hatred and bitterness that they kept inside them for all of those years. So when they come out years later, don't go, oh, why now? What do you mean, why now? Why not now? Why, why let this motherfucker get away with it? Knowing that if you were reported it, nobody would probably believe you. Ah, nah, nah. So it takes 15 women, 15 women or more to come, come, and it takes famous women. Gwyneth Paltrow told Brad Pitt when she was dating him that Harvey Weinstein did some shit to her. And thank God for her that, that Brad Pitt was so big of a star that he approached Harvey Weinstein and told him, you've been on fucking ever. Put your fucking hands on Gwyneth again. Imagine if she wasn't with Brad. And she still had to stand next to him after they won a fucking Oscar for the movie that she was in. All of these women come forward. 
saying that somebody did something inappropriate to him. Shit is crazy. And we let it go. But we want to focus on what R. Kelly is doing. What R. Kelly did in the past, allegedly, was fucked up. I don't know. He didn't get, he didn't get found guilty. We know he did some shit, though, though, right, y'all? We know he did some shit. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. Okay? What I'm talking about right now is we were focusing on him and his, quote, unquote, harem of women that he was supposedly keeping. But Brad, but not Brad Pitt. Hugh Hefner did the same shit. That was cool. He was cool, but R. Kelly's fucked up. So if R. Kelly want to live with a bunch of women and a bunch of women say, yeah, fuck it. We want to live with R. Kelly. We want to sex R. Kelly when R. Kelly want to be sex. And in exchange for that, R. Kelly takes care of us. We ain't got to worry about nothing. We get to travel with R. Kelly and enjoy the good life. And we live in this fucking beautiful palatial estate with R. Kelly. Something wrong with that, but ain't nothing wrong with Hugh Hefner. That's what y'all telling me. Hugh Hefner did the same shit. But he Hugh Hefner. Playboy. White man. But R. Kelly's a fucking savage, right? Right? R. Kelly married Aaliyah. This is true. Factual. Aaliyah was 15 years old. R. Kelly was way older than Aaliyah. When they first got married, everybody found out marriage got annulled. Right? Russell Simmons married Kimora. She was 17 years old. He was 30-something. We started dating her. He was 30-something. She was 17. This last girl that came out with allegations about Russell Simmons said things happened with her in L.A. when she was 17. Russell had said, I remember spending the weekend with her, but it was consensual. You was 30-something years old. What are you doing with a 17-year-old? But I love Russell, but I'm putting the facts on the table. I've known Russell pretty much my whole life, but I'm going to put the fucking facts on the table. What's the difference? Why is it okay for one, but not okay for another one? Why is it okay if somebody got money, but it ain't okay if they broke? Why? Why nobody said nothing about it? Power structure. Power. Why was it the biggest secret in Hollywood, Harvey Weinstein's bullshit? Nobody said nothing about it. Huh? Ben Affleck. Right? Matt Damon. Protected this motherfucker. Act like they didn't know. Act like they straight didn't know what he was doing to women. Had an office in Italy that never produced a goddamn film and had a dude on the payroll. What was his job? To get Harvey Weinstein Italian women. Why, 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 why is it okay for certain motherfuckers in power to do what they want to do? Why is it okay for you to, some woman to be 18 and somebody 55 if they worth a billion dollars? But they've been looking at her for God knows how long. Why is that okay? So the next time, the next time a woman comes forward, you don't walk in her shoes, so shut the fuck up. Because you don't know what it's like to be molested. You don't know what it's like to be sexually harassed. You don't know what it's like to feel powerless and you walking in Matt Lauer's office and he's pulling his dick out. You don't know what it's like to bend over and be doing something and Kevin Spacey comes behind you as a man and fondles you 
and pumps on your ass. And you tell him I'm not gay. He goes, everybody in L.A. is gay for a price. But you work there. And if you say anything, your fucking ass is going to get fired because they put so much money in Kevin Spacey that you don't mean shit. You don't know what that feels like. Once again, I told y'all I'm all over the place today. And I am. You don't know what that bitterness and pain feels like. This shit is going on so much, y'all. Honestly, I've been in the business for a long time. I had to start thinking. Did I do anything that could, could have been misconstrued as harassment? No, I don't think that's on my jacket. I've always tried to respect women. I always had a motto, don't shit where you eat. Which meant to me, no matter how attractive a woman is that I work with, don't fuck with her. Not if we work together. Did it one time. Ain't going to say with who or where. And the shit got all over the office when we both agreed not to tell anybody. And she decides to tell the office big mouth drunk. Her girlfriend. Shit was all over the office. But it was consensual. It wasn't like I was harassing her or nothing like that. We liked each other. We found each other attractive. And we had a little fling. But I regret that. I regret the shit out of it because it was all over the office. And I don't like it. Don't shit where you eat. Nothing ever good comes out of an inter-office romance. Nothing. Shit. Unless you get married and have a happily ever after. But other than that, just having an inter-office flingy fling? Nah. Nope. Damn, they had to fire my assistant one time for the same shit. Bruh, we eat here. Stop trying to fucking date. Everybody that work in the office, bro. You know, nah, I, don't, I don't want, because when the shit end bad, it is going to, because you don't have the same intention she has. You're just trying to fuck. You just want sex. And she falling super like with you, and then you want to break it off. Now, she working on my thing, and she looking at me like I'm crazy because she don't want to work hard for me because of something you did. So if you want to keep this job working with me, stop that shit. Knock it off. Ain't worth it. Ain't worth it. But when you empower over somebody, you can make or break their career. You don't have any right to sexually harass them. And that's on both sides of the coin. And I knew it was going to come to the music business. Man, when it hit movies, oh, man. Oh, man. I said, now it's sports. The Carolina Panthers owner is selling the team amid allegations of sexual improprieties, sexual harassment, just being a foul old motherfucker with money. It's old and foul. I'm rich. I can do whatever I want to do. Come over here and give me a fucking foot rub. Really? Really? A foot rub, dude? Everybody's so scared to lose it. You don't know what people's lives are like. So don't say, ah, uh, you could have just walked away. Yeah, you're going to walk away from 150 grand a year? Huh? You're going to put up with the harassment. Nah, mister, whatever. I ain't doing that. You might do it just to keep your job. You got kids in college. You got a mortgage on a home. It's your boss. Fire your motherfucking ass without cause. You really want to go through that or you want to kind of brush it off and kind of keep it moving? Hopefully get out of there in one piece without having to rub his crusty ass feet. You know what I mean? 
there's a there's a there's a compliment at work, then there's the, the, the harassment, things you're not supposed to say. Hello, Gloria. Good morning. It's a nice dress. That's a compliment. Hello, Gloria. Good morning. Damn. Look at the way that joint hugging your body. Who you fit. Woo. Backside. Mm. I hate to see you leave, but I love to see you walk away. Uh-uh. That ain't cool. That ain't cool. What size are your? What size are your breasts? That ain't cool. I fantasize about you. You inspire me. Mm, got a good one off last night thinking about you in that green dress you had on yesterday. No, bruh. No, bruh. As a male, how would you feel? You walk in every day. Your boss. Good morning, Ed. Right, good morning, ma'am. How are you this morning? Mm, not as good as you in them tight pants. Mm, that bulge in the front. Woo, did I catch a good nut last night thinking about that? No, it's, that shit ain't cool. And I got to put up with it because you my superior. You can get me fucking fired. That's not cool. So when you brush that shit off, man, think about how these people felt. And we coming down on a bunch of dudes that's losing their livelihoods or they should have to pay some kind of restitution to these women and go through some kind of counseling because everybody deserves a second chance to get their shit right. Correct? Correct. We coming down on them. And the president of the United States has at least 12 allegations of sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, groping and everything on him. It's the man that's heard on tape with Billy Bush saying, I just grabbed him by the pussy. It's the president of our United States trying to block the women from suing him until he's out of office. What are we showing the rest of the world about how we care about our women? When it's so far as actor Terry Crews, my man, let me tell you all about Terry Crews. I was living in L.A. I was on the radio. There used to be a show on television that was kind of like the Gladiators. It was like a ripoff for the Gladiators. I'll be real with it. And it was called Battle Dome. And I first met Grace Jones's brother on that show. And I met a dude that was a character on that show named T Money. That was his character's name. He came out with a briefcase like he had a lot of money. He had his goons with him. He was built, muscular as hell. And his job was to keep you from winning the optical course by tossing your ass all around the place. It was a battle. You battled different, quote unquote, gladiators inside the dome to see how far you could get, how much money you can make. T-Money was none other than Terry Crews. So since we used to be on the set for a long time, doing these shows, and would break for lunch, we kind of struck up a friendship. And I was so happy, so happy, because I knew Terry's background. I knew his whole family. I met his wife, his kids, everything. When I saw Terry come up, I was so happy to see my friend Terry Crews come up. And do you know, to this day, if I see Terry Crews, it's not like we talk all the time, and I don't even think we have each other's numbers anymore. But when I, life takes you in different directions sometimes. But if I see Terry Crews, which I did about two summers ago, shooting a commercial in New York City, and he's already on fire. Already had the show on, 
the cop show on TV, all the movies he had done, saw my man Terry Crews, stopped the car, got out, was standing there looking. He looked and saw me call cut and came over to talk to his man for like 20, 25 minutes. Good guy. Bernie Mac's another great guy like that, but I'll keep my Bernie Mac stories for another time. But Terry Crews, T-Money, my man from Battle Dome. When I was caking, when I was doing Battle Dome, y'all making $11,000 a week. God damn, I was making money. I wish it was like that now, but I was making some money. But Terry Crews, man, was sexually harassed by a man. One of the heads of CAA, Creative Artist Agencies, grabbed Terry Crews' balls in front of his wife. This is his agency. This is the guy that recommends Terry for this job, that job, this other job, that other job. Now, people who want to continue their ways, they're looking at Terry like he's a fucking whistleblower for saying something publicly. People go, why you ain't just punch him in the face, yo? You big, muscular. Yeah, what would happen to Terry Crews? Been sitting in jail. We know it. Ah, uh, then y'all would have told him, oh, he shouldn't have handled it like that. He should have just got that bag. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. So now, to some of y'all here, punk, because they ain't hit the guy. To us that got any kind of intelligence, no, that ain't the route to take. To some people at Hollywood, he's a whistleblower, so they don't want to fucking do business with him no more. And then one of the guys from one of these rag-ass newspapers threatened Terry Crews that if he didn't keep his mouth closed, he's going to put a fake prostitute story out on Terry Crews with a woman they hired to say, yeah, Terry was buying a prostitute, Brian prostitution services from me and fuck his whole shit up and fuck up his family life with his wife if he don't be quiet. Same dude that was doing that to Terry, another fucking sexual harassment, sexual allegations against him. Against him. So now he out of the fucking rag-ass newspaper, I can't remember what the name of it was, that he was running. He's gone. From the high up, fired him. He threatened Terry. Drink break. Hold on. All this talking about myself make me thirsty. Right? That's how, that's how it's going down. Crazy. Nah, man. You look, see, you let somebody grab your balls. It's a superior. It's not just the dude standing next to you that's an actor like you, an actor. Grab your dick. Man, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's his superior and his agency that books him that did it. You don't understand until you're in that position. Thank God for me, I've never had a superior try to come on to me. But I did have a male singer try to come on to me. And I'll tell that story another day. Had to put him in his damn place. Pretty popular. Try to tell me he wasn't. But he fucking caressed my face. And I had to let him know, bruh. That's your lifestyle. I'm fine with it. Ain't me. Don't ever touch me like that again. Ever. I'll break your fucking arm. As a matter of fact, I should take you outside right now and whoop your ass. We was at a party. But I digress. I'll tell that story. You'll have to wait for the book to get that story. Okay? All I'm telling y'all is have some empathy 
for people that are coming forward after a lot of time reporting on what happened to them because they felt powerless. That's the reason why a lot of rapes don't get reported. Because a lot of women feel like they're going to be made into, a, in, into they're not going to be looked at as the victim at all. They were like, it's your fault. You had that dress on, you fuck, you thought, no, no. No, a nigga ain't supposed to rape you. Now, if you think you're not going to get a sly comment, like don't, no, you ain't supposed to touch a woman or nothing. But you want to comment, you're going to comment. And when you put the dress on and came outside, you knew dudes was going to comment. You knew it. You knew it. I heard Amber Rose and all that slut shaming shit. And I don't think you should put your hands on a woman at all like that and touch her. But you're going to comment. And let me tell you something. If you don't want them to comment, don't put the shit on. You knew you was going to get comments when you put that shit on. So why do you get mad? Right? When you have naked on Instagram and a dude send you his dick pic, why do y'all get mad and say they thirsty niggas? What did you think you're going to get back from putting something sexual out there? Put a book up that we want to read, and you're going to get an intelligent response nine times out of ten to the book. When you put your ass up on the gram, men are going to respond in kind. I tear that ass up. Look at the size of this dick. I like to stick this shit in you. You don't want it, don't put it out there. You don't want the comments and the whistles and the hey babies and the hey boos and all of that. Don't put that shit on. My daddy used to always say, if you put on a cop uniform, people are going to think you're a cop. You put on a firefighter's uniform and there's a fire, somebody's going to ask you to rush to the fire. If you don't want to be thought of as a whore, don't put on the whore outfit. Ladies, you know there's a difference between sexy and whorish. You know it. Don't tell me I want to be I'm doing this for me. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're doing it from the, for attention, whether it's from other women or whether it's from men. You're attention-seeking freaking whore. We're all whores in some manner. When I put up a selfie, I check to see how many likes I got. I'm an attention whore. There's some of it in us. We want to know that people saw our picture. We want to know that people think we look good in that picture. We all do. Okay? I told you I was going to be all over the place today. We all do. So I'm saying to you, not that it's right. Listen to me clearly, ladies, so don't comment on my podcast saying I think it's right for men to do anything to women. That's not what I'm saying. I said it ain't right to put your hands on a woman. It ain't right to grab a woman. It's not right to grope a woman. It's not right. Those unwanted advances are not right. But if you put that whole outfit on, expect some cat calls. Expect, yo, babe, what's up? Ooh. Mm. As long as I got a face, you got somewhere to sit. You're going to get it. So if you don't want it, don't put that on, okay? I'm not going to stand on the corner when niggas is shooting and don't think I'm going to get shot. I'm not going to do that. So keep yourself out of harm's way, first and foremost. Don't give anybody a reason to draw attention to yourself that much where you're going to get harassed verbally. You're going to, you're going to, get, you're going to say something. You know, you know what your butt looked like when you put them pants on. And you're walking down the street in the hills, and you're feeling sexy, and you're switching. You know men are going to say something. You want them to say something. 
If you want to put it on, if you want to be noticed, we notice you and we're going to say something. Not right to touch you, grope you, grab you, none of that. Not even to touch your hand and try to get your attention. No, no, no. Don't put your hands on her. Leave it alone. They do do it to me. Y'all do it to me and I have no ass at all. That's why I'm suffering from that disease called no ass at all. And I can walk through a club and women will go, ooh, Ed Lover, you look good and grab me by my ass. And I'll be like, don't do that. You want me to do that to you. So don't do it to me. It goes both ways. That's sexual harassment. If I did that to you, I'm in the first one gone. So what makes you think you could do it to me? What makes you think we take a picture now? I want you snuggled up all under my arm. Act like you like me. Oh, hell no. Not in this day and age. You don't fuck my shit up. Not going to happen. Ain't going to happen. So when these things happen and you hear these women come forward, show a little empathy for them. Show some, some sympathy also. Because you don't know what they had to go through at the hands of a man that's more powerful than them. Something's going to come out about a woman too. So don't watch. Somebody going to come forward. And it might be another woman who's being sexually harassed by a woman on her job. <clears throat> this shit ain't over. Not by a long shot. So show a little care, man. You know what I mean? Show somebody that, that you care. Just because shit don't happen to you don't mean you shouldn't empathize with it. Right? Don't show that you care. Nobody thinks nothing's going to happen until it happens to you. Right? People out there protesting. Ah, black lives matter. Black, and you sit back and you don't do shit. Then when your son gets shot and killed by the police, then you want to rally up the troops, but you wasn't doing shit when it didn't hit you directly. Understand other people. Understand it. Feel, stop bringing up dumb shit. Oh, well, you know, this shit don't happen where we live at over here. <laughs> All right. When it does, who you going to have come rallying to you? Right? Stop thinking you're better than everybody else and show a little care in your life. Show some care. Don't be like dumbass Amorosa. Ran over there thinking she down. Kicked her ass out of there. Didn't he? Told y'all I'm all over the place today. Did y'all notice that shit? Let me tell y'all something. Right here in Atlanta was a black woman named Keisha Lance Bottoms ran for mayor. She ran against Mary Norwood, who had previously run against Kasim Reed, who was the mayor at the time. Kasim couldn't run no more, so his protege, Keisha Lance Bottoms, ran. Keisha Lance Bottoms beat Mary Norwood. Keisha Lance Bottoms a Democrat. Mary Norwood claiming she's an independent, but we all knew she's a Republican. She lost. Mary Norwood, second time, two-time loser, out of here. Right? Okay. Atlanta has historically had black mayors. People came out, voted for Keisha Lance Bottoms. Mary Norwood only lost by like 700-something votes. But ain't nothing happening. First black mayor of San Francisco. That pops up. Now, here's the kicker. Roy Moore in Alabama. Republican. Alabama has always had Republican senators represent Alabama. Raceoff, Doug Jones, Democrat. Roy Moore had sexual pedophile allegations against him. More than one. 
But the Republican Party backed him, and even President Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, I like to call him 45, backed him. People came out in droves, right, and voted for Doug Jones. Roy Moore was so confident in the state of Alabama as a conservative Republican, make America great again for the white folks, that he rode up to place his vote on a fucking horse. I was like, is this Roots? This motherfucker rode up on a horse. On a horse. Like he was an overseer. Like he was Massa in Alabama and still lost. That means black people came out in droves. They did the breakdown. Black people came out like Obama was running again to vote for Doug Jones in Alabama, defeated Roy Moore. Know what happens? Somebody black got to pay for this shit. Omarosa kicked her black ass right out the White House. They put Omarosa out and had to get the Secret Service to remove her from the fucking premises. That shit ain't crazy to you? That shit is ridiculous. But that, hey, that's what she get. Thinking that you, you, you ain't down with us. So now she done lost The Apprentice three times, never won, got famous because of The Apprentice, right? Back to 45th president of the United States, when as a woman, you shouldn't even have got down like that, right? You thought you were going to get a cushy job, and you got one, but you ain't know what you was doing, and you ain't do shit. And then when all this stuff started happening, when we got that first black male San Francisco female, Keisha Lance Bottoms won. And the blacks helped the Democrats in Alabama defeat Roy Moore. They kicked your black ass boot the fuck out of the White House. Dummy. 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 Now, back to what I was talking about in the beginning. You bitter, Amarosa. Now you're going to walk around bitter. It fucked up because you're going to feel like they did you wrong. And that you can't come back to the black community because we don't want your ass. Okay? Dummy. Dummy. Whew. I told you I was going to be all over the place today, man. And I was. And if you're listening and you agree or disagree, leave a comment. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Help me get some shit off my chest today. And I thank y'all for it. This is Ed Lover, man. This is Come On Side, the podcast. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm gone. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.